Yo, yo, what's going on? It's Nathan McFly, the 20 by 20 podcast. And what we got over here is another installment of Conversation Fridays. Now, you know, with uh, quarantining and the stay at home law in full effect, we got more than enough time to bring you more than enough product for you guys to listen to on all podcasting platforms. We're about to get to a couple of others because of Anchor. Shout out to Anchor on that one. And yeah, this this uh, installment of the 20 by 20 podcast has none other than Dream Match Wrestling. My boy Andy from Miami, man. Listen, this is the guy right here that helped us bring the Brian Pillman loose cannon shirt alive. Yes, we still got a couple of more left. Minimum sizes, minimal sizes. We got to think extra large, a large, a medium here. So if you guys want one, you already know what to do. 20 by 20 podcast shop dot big cartel dot com. And look through the site. We got two joints on there. We still got a couple of NWO joints there too. But we got two more fire, fire designs from Dream Match Wrestling that we did with him that's going to come out hopefully within the next couple of weeks if everything gets nice and well. But yeah, man, that's coming out. But let me just tell you a little something about this guy. This guy is phenomenal with the artwork. Sauce Killer, the wifey, she's also phenomenal with her work. Check her out at Sauce.Killer on Instagram. He's at Dream Match Wrestling on Instagram. They got such, such a dope, dope concept going with their dream match shirts and everything else the portraits everything is phenomenal but you know i'll let him tell you that himself here's conversation fridays with dream match wrestling what? it's the 2020 podcast yeah 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 here we go here we go this is the 20 by 20 podcast and this is another installment of conversation fridays and for this friday i got my boy all the way from florida mia what's going on andy talk to me baby What's up, bro? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, my brother. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being on. This man right here is the person that helped me bring the Brian Pillman shirt alive. And we got some more heat coming. I hope you guys are ready. You guys probably seen the teasers on the Instagram story from 20 by 20 Podcast and Dream Match Wrestling itself. We got a lot of stuff coming within the next couple of months. Just keep a lookout on that. But my boy... Tell the viewers, the listeners, tell them who you are. Let them know a little something about yourself. So, uh, yeah, so my, like you said, my name is Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. It's just four letters. My mom didn't wasn't much creative, very creative with my name. Uh, <laughs> and I, I guess I'm not being very creative with my name either because my name is still kind of like a nimbo. So people call me Mr. Dream. Uh, this one indie wrestler came up with Dream Maker. To play off of Rainmaker, so oh, I'm still, nice, I'm still nice. dabbling around with the with the name, but okay. for now, I'll say Dreammaker. Ah, all right, all right, there we go. You got the Dreammaker up here, uh, and tell us a little about you know, especially who you are. Like, how did you even get into the arts? Well, I mean, uh, as far as drawing, I've, I've always drawn since I was a little kid. I got into art uh, at a very early age, but I never really went to school for it or anything like that yeah uh like i i had other interests at the time and it wasn't really till i met uh sauce killer uh who's my my girlfriend right now more like wifey we live together we own a house together so she's Beautiful. she's wifey what's going on sauce she's on she's on actually hi oh. hey hey what's going on how you feeling good good awesome awesome i see you got this guy on the right track so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So you say you had other, you know, other things that you were into. What well, what was that? Man, so uh, so I I actually started wrestling in um, it was like ninety nine, two thousand around okay. there. Like I was sixteen, seventeen, uh, for a small company down in Miami called ICW. Oh, that, yo! I feel like there's an ICW in every state in in the United States. There's an ICW in New York. There's an ICW in Chicago. I'm like, coño, pero these guys they can't they can't come up with any any other acronyms, bro. Yeah, well, there's an ICW in uh in in England too, right? Or something like that in Europe. Yeah, there's one out there too. Yeah, we're wrestling for ICW. Uh, I mean, 
it was really it was really underground like we were we were basically the misfit children too like oh shit like get the, out of the here unwanted yeah they, like we related a lot to the ecw guys we emulated those guys we, we thought ourselves as them in a, in a lot of ways because at the time uh there wasn't much indie wrestling going on in miami especially there were a couple companies and they really frowned upon us because we weren't trained uh, we were just kids, and we didn't at the when we first started. We didn't even have a ring. We were bumping on on carpet. Get out of uh, here! Yeah, <laughs> um, our Fuck. boy. Well, well, the the one that started the owner, he was a kid too at the time. His parents had a big ass church. I forgot what kind of church it is, but it was a big ass church. And one of the, uh, I guess you want one of the, the the chambers. I don't know what you call it. One of the rooms in there is where we would go in. <laughs> What do you call them? The, the cathedrals? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, one of those rooms there, we we would wrestle there, and we would film everything, and we would have, like, uh, we would have little ep- uh, shows, on internet shows, before there was even YouTube. It was a long-ass time ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, before YouTube was a, was a thing, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we would have broadcast it on the internet. So we were, we had more of a name than some of the, the actual indie companies with actual trained wrestlers so we got like a lot of heat for that and like a lot of people kind of like black labeled us to the point that when we actually wanted to get trained we couldn't find anybody to train us damn so they just black they blackballed you guys because you guys were chasing a dream ain't that some shit yeah 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 and it was and but it was like it was a long time ago so like a lot of little details i'm probably not mentioning and probably forgetting about yeah but um, yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, a lot of heat towards us for just basically being kids. And I mean, it's like if you have a problem with us, you know, wrestling not being trained, then no one offered us to train. No one offered to train us. As a matter of fact, the only ones that the only one that actually came forward and decided to like, hey, I, I'm offering you to train, is um, man. What was his his name was the dirt was a dirt bike kid. He okay. goes by another name now. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, I forgot. He's going to get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's his name now? I forgot. I'll, I'll think about it. But his his name at the time was Dirt Bike Kid. And he he was recently trained. And he said, hey, I'm going to train you guys. And little by little, we got a ring. And we started doing shows. Still at the church, but outside in the parking lot, in the ring. Uh, and then we would start going to other places also, you know, we we were able to afford a ring and we were able to have shows in other areas in Miami. There's a big festival down here called Calle Ocho. I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard Oh, yeah, definitely. El Festival de la Calle Ocho. Yeah, el Carnival de la Calle Ocho. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We did shows there. Um, yeah, so to the point where then we got actual trainers. So Dusty Brooks actually was the first real legit trainer that, that I had. Okay. Uh, he trained. He trained us, and he trained a lot of people that that actually, if you know Diamante. Oh hell yeah, LAX. Yeah, Ricky Martinez. Yeah, LAX. Uh, uh, Diamante was trained by Dusty Brooks. Okay. She also came from ICW. Uh, Ricky Martinez. Yeah, yeah. Ricky Martinez. I know who he is. From yeah, from MLW. Uh, who before that was Max Stardom. He also got his start in in ICW. Wow. So there's. Yeah, it's actually like a little bit of history from that little itty bitty company in Little Havana in Miami that you know no one really knows about. Yeah, but it, it birthed some stars though. It brought some stars and some. I remember, I think it was like 2008. Jerry Lynn actually wrestled. It was like 2008, 2007. Jerry Lynn actually even wrestled there too. Wow, bro, that that's some that's some history right there, man. I mean. What um, but what what stopped you from like trying to take chase your dream and you know being, you know being a superstar in the ring? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's a it's a lot of things that I I end up thinking back now, and like I don't want to live in regret, but there's a lot of things that I think about, and I'm like, man, you know, if I only just like push through it, because I mean, not not all of us are fucking born rich or anything like that. Oh, but, of course, and of course, all of us. And all of us go through turmoil and 
and different situations. But I was I was in a really bad situation at the time financially, and you know, growing pains too. You know, you 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 know, a lot of us were born in the ghetto. I, I was I came from the ghetto. I came from poverty, from welfare, food stamp checks, and not to make that an excuse, but no, not at I all, didn't but have yeah. a whole lot of guidance. Yeah, so I didn't have a whole lot of guidance at the time. So I did a lot of stupid shit, <laughs> things I should have done. Of course, but who didn't? And who didn't around that time, man? I trust me, man. I, I could, I could relate to everything you're saying right now, bro. Everything. Yeah, man. So it was a, it was a crazy time, and I, I didn't really have anybody to slap me up and knock some sense into me. Gotcha. Up until, up until it was about 2007, where I actually kind of fell out of love with wrestling. Okay. That. I was so into it, like I was, I was really, really into it. Like, I, like some of these marks that that you know they get really into it, and that's all they think about. Yeah. I was one of those people. All <laughs> I did was, all I did was daydream about wrestling, think about it, dream it. I would daydream about my matches, and just all, all it was was wrestling all the time, to the point that I kind of got sick of it in in the sense where I felt like. You know, real wrestlers weren't getting any respect. Uh, I mean, even though at the time I was already the Rey Mysterios of the world, but it still didn't feel like like it was unachievable, really, for someone like my size to make it. And then uh, I would watch wrestling, and there was a lot of degrading, humiliating shit that as like as a Hispanic and not the stereotype us, we don't really take a lot of that shit. No, not at all. We, we, we kind of... We take we take it like as a diss and try to you know try to do something about it. Yeah, so watching like Raw, watching SmackDown, and seeing someone get spit in the face as a work, I'm like, I'd be damned if somebody spits me spits it at my face, uh, or makes me wear a thong and wrestle on the fucking uh, I don't know what was they used to do back then, like those turkey bowl matches. They would oh no that that, gravy. Yeah, yeah. that that shit was that shit was a little too much. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, I was like, man fuck this and I got into I like I need to pursue something that's a little bit more legit and then I got into uh, MMA and I oh, trained nice. MMA for, for a while I trained uh, jiu-jitsu okay did you you ever had a professional fight I had amateur fights okay nice and I had uh, grappling tournaments yeah uh, one of my boys uh, my boy Jay he actually has his own um, pre-workout that he that he's uh that he's promoting right now from uh if I'm not mistaken with the name he's gonna kill me if I get this wrong, athletic transcendent labs that's what they're called, but um he has a, he has a, he's, I think it's called Prelentless, if I'm not mistaken Prelentless, he got yeah he's 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 in that he's in that scene too I mean he had a couple of professional fights I was there for his first fight, and it it was just it was just a phenomenal feeling you know like seeing one of your boys who really grind out and, you know, change his whole lifestyle to make sure that he's he's ready for something like that. And then just seeing, you know, the training and what they go through. Yo, you guys go through some shit, man. Yeah, I know. Easy, man. It was, but it was, it was fun. It was really, really fun. And to be honest, and this is advice that I'll give to anybody right now that's pursuing a, a career in wrestling, wants to be a wrestler, um, Get into other sports. Get into MMA. Get into any any legit sport. Get into it because it will give you the fundamentals and and the basics to really be able to 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 not only train and, and learn wrestling, professional wrestling, yeah, but also take more of that athletic and sport approach to it. And you also will look like an athlete. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. When I started doing MMA and as I was already like a year, two years, three years into it, I was like, man, if I knew how to do this shit before I started wrestling, like I would, I, like I probably would have never stopped doing pro wrestling because now I had like, like a legit appreciation for actual uh, real combat, a real combat sport, so I know what it should look in the ring. Oh, that, that makes any sense? No, 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 that makes total sense. That makes total sense because you know everything. Like what you're studying is combat. So, knowing that and then, you know, perfecting moves and stuff like that, you get to see what it's supposed to look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, 
Now, now you can visualize it when you're, you know, when you're going into professional wrestling where everything is, I, I, I hate to say choreographed, but like when everything is like, you know, kind of like already talked about before getting into the ring. Because at the end of the day, these motherfuckers are still getting, these motherfuckers still getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, hold on, give me a second. Let me get my, my dog. <laughs> Oliver. Sorry about that. Nah, nah, it's all good. It's all good. He want to be a part yeah, of the show re- too. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember this uh, comment that Dusty Brooks told us. He's like, uh, he's like, all you motherfuckers want to do is high spots. Tell me where, tell me where in a fight have you ever done a flip to kick somebody in the face? He's <laughs> <And laughs> like, uh, so it's like, and he's he's right. So like when you look at some of these matches and I even think of some of the matches I had in early on, you know, uh, it was high spot after high spot to try to do fancy moves and yeah, try to keep the, the, the audience attention. Right. Try to keep the audience attention, but you try to keep the audience attention from the beginning, you know, and then you never really set up the story. Like that's, that's yep. where the art of story making comes because people think, Oh, it's story making like they don't really understand what it means but it's like the story making of a fight like when you start a fight and it's like on the fights that i've been in even in the grappling tournaments that i've been i don't go into a jiu-jitsu tournament and start the match with a flying uh triangle choke or, or a flying guillotine like i i you know i look at the guy i try to take his time i try to oh you got to study your uh, opponent timing right yeah i gotta start study him gotta see his range gotta see all these things so you gotta take all that into the professional wrestling because it's a work but you real you gotta make it look legit and those are the little things that people are forgetting and that's why i feel that a lot of the audience is disconnected now with with professional wrestling there's no storytelling is what you're telling me yeah, like, well, there's there's some storytelling, but I think the uh, there's no there's a little bit of lack of appreciation from of, of the athlete. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, uh, definitely. You know, like where now you like like you see someone like let's say Pac, mm-hmm. who you know he looks like a legit badass because he's got he's built and all that. He looks like an athlete, but then you see him go up against someone like uh, Orange Cassidy. Who doesn't have like the same build, and you kind of you lose the appreciation immediately just by seeing those two facing off. If you're a casual fan, if you're a hardcore, then obviously you you automatically appreciate it already because you know both athletes. But as a casual viewer, you're already not interested because you, in your mind, cannot see Orange Cassidy or someone like uh, Marco Stunt being able to go toe to toe with Pac. Of course not. Yeah, I mean it. It just doesn't seem realistic, and I feel like right now in this era of pro wrestling, even though we're, it's like a renaissance era because it, it's booming. It's just that I think a lot of people want more realism into it, and it's like, yo, listen. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. You know what I mean? And I just feel like that we should take it for what it is. And just be entertained at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Just the way, just the way we were when yeah, we were kids, I, you know. Yeah, and I just want to clarify. I I think the world, both Marco Stunt and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I, I I know what they can do, but I mean, as as someone that's just tuning in, like a casual viewer or even they, someone they're not going to understand give it. A shot, they're not going to understand it right off the bat. So. You got They've gotta ha- kind of have to start building up to it. You know, start building that story and getting getting the viewer engaged. And I actually use Saskia a lot for to get that perception because she's she likes wrestling, but she's more of the casual side of wrestling where she doesn't. She's not a diehard like like some some of us that you know we grew up watching it since we were kids. Yeah, I feel you. So and I, and it's important. Like I like having her around watching wrestling from her perspective because then I really understand what it is that we need to do in the industry to grow it and get more 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 viewers. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you you got to take it from every angle. You got to take it from every angle. It's just like when um when you're designing something, you got to make sure that it's gonna hit 
certain that maybe maybe you're gonna aim for certain demographics or whatever it may be, but you gotta make sure it hits a broad audience in order to sell. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I think it's also the the whole I get like the whole storyline yeah. thing and like the whole like, okay, you have to know like the backstory of this and this person, but you know, sometimes you just watch them on a like episode by episode basis. Like you say, I'm like casually I'll watch AEW there on Wednesday. Mandy, and actually, I won't. <laughs> you know, and so sometimes I skip matches, and sometimes I don't. I see what's going on, and then you know, this conversation kind of strikes up the, the memory of watching Nyla Rose versus who's that girl? Rio. Rio. So that match to me, like that was one of the first matches in the AEW season, or something like that. It was. Yeah, it, yeah there was a first was, championship. Yeah, it was match. around the first championship, and I get it. Like people, like fans that are like looking at. Um, Rio, is it real? Yeah, real. Yeah, Rio. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at Rio and oh yeah, she's awesome, she's this and this and this. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, is it really realistic for Nyla Rose weighing, I don't know, 200 pounds or however much she weighs? I think she's like 240. Yeah, so, Sauce, um, can you yeah, get a little I'm closer to the mic? I couldn't hear you right oh, there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's all okay, right. Am I better now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're looking at Nyla Rose who's somewhere around, I don't know, 200 something pounds. No, she, so yo, dude, she's she's built, she's built like a, like <laughs> yeah. a, a regular dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, actually, I saw her when we went to the AEW show um, live here um, down here in Miami, and I saw her, and I'm like, man, I was probably her to look a lot bigger, and I don't know if it was maybe the distance, but she didn't look as big as she looks on TV. So I guess like the camera adds like 20 pounds, like they say. <laughs> I would do that. Like 50 pounds. <laughs> but um. You know, in looking at that match and then seeing her versus Rio, I'm just looking at it like, man, this this just doesn't happen. Like, regardless of storyline and so on, the way that, you know, Rio won versus Nyla yeah, Rose, you- it's just, you know, and that's where it, it, it kind of like blends into the whole... Oh, sorry. Uh, sauce, you're, 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 you're like kind of tailing off. I couldn't hear what you said right there. Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where you lose me as a casual fan. Like, real, I mean, Nyla Rose should have won that one realistically, and it's just the logistics of it. So then when you start putting things together and, like, let's make a more realistic match or let's make her lose in a more realistic way, like, I don't know, how are you suggesting? Like, uh, a ladder match? Like, something. Well, I don't, I don't remember. No, like, I, I understand. I told, I wholeheartedly understand what you're trying to say. Because when I first saw that match between those two, I'm like, damn, like, I, I don't know how you could really pull this off. But then it's like everything everything is about image in professional wrestling. And then when you see something like that, you see, you know, a little, a little Asian woman who's, <laughs> who's like 80 pounds soaking wet. And then you see yeah. another one built like a brick house. You're like, God damn, like, really? How did she, how did she pull that one off? And it's it's hard to see. I mean, a lot of people say Rey Mysterio's world champion, but Rey Mysterio looked like he gained about sixty pounds before that happened from WCW to WWE. Like he was a oh, yeah, totally he had, some built to him. he had some built to him. He was a totally different wrestler. Yeah, he was still five four, but he was like five four one eighty, and made him look like he was five ten two hundred. You know, like yeah. <laughs> do you feel yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like. Yeah. Like when you when you start correlating that, and like it's not it's not like all about like looking muscular or looking a certain way. Like I get that part of it, looking athletic and so on. But then like let's translate that over to MMA, right? Yeah. And I don't know how many people are you know <laughs> in the podcast are watching this, but like if you look at the match versus Rose Namajumas versus Andrade, yeah, Andrade, she she's big. She had a build to her. She looked like she was there, like the real deal, and. Rose Namajunas, you know, she's a slim girl. 
doesn't have like all that muscular. You probably wouldn't think she could do what she can do. But that match, man, Rose Namajumas was dominating. I dominating, because, definitely. Know, there, was a, there was so much to it, the technique to it, the way she was moving, you know, the back and forth and so on. And Andrade beat her by brute force. And, you know, that force at the ultimately, you know, ended up winning. But Rose Namajumas was dominating before that. So when you translate that over to like you know Rio and and yeah you translate it to wrestling Rose, yeah. then maybe you can do a better job of making at least the win look a little bit you know like it's a, a yeah win. that was gonna be my point when it came to Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio was short and all that it's but if you see him wrestle the bigger guys what did he do he would jump from the he'll go from the ropes and immediately do a missile drop kick to the knees. Oh no! Yeah, he'll definitely attack, he'll he'll, he'll go legs. He'll, exactly, he'll attack a body part just to just to make it you know a little you know the the balance sway a little more towards him. Exactly, exactly. Like that's that's where you gotta exactly that, that like that's the point of the storytelling. That's where storytelling comes into play when it comes to storytelling of the combat. Is that here's the small guy. He's not gonna try to do a suplex. He's gonna go and attack. The, the legs, try to bring the guy down to size, you know, break that, basically break down the tree, all that, all that yeah. good stuff, you know, be the underdog, the guy with the, the heart that's going to push through it and he's going to find a way to win. Got you. Uh, you know, versus, I think Riho did a lot of that too, in a way, but there was just some instances that were not believable, even in their second match. I think, I think in her second match, with Nyla Rose, she did like three German suplexes or something like, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I keep hearing that everyone's saying that that was the best female match uh, between the second one between Nyla Rose and, and, and Riho. And I honestly do not see it. I, I don't I, see no, it. That, that could uh, probably be like the best female match that AEW had on their television screen because to be honest, if they're saying that's like the best in a long time or the best all around, nah, nah, nah. nah. I'm not I'm not taking that. Because we had a couple of years ago a match between Bailey and Sasha Banks at I think it's NXT Brooklyn Takeover Two, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes. That shit was beyond fire. Like the crowd I've was. I've been so, wanting to oh show Sasha that, that that match. I've you gotta show her that. that match. Sis, you got to watch that Iron match. match. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show her that match in the uh, the Iron Man match that they had like the week after. Yeah. No, it, it you know was, what you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah, that 30 minute Iron Man match. That was that was flames right there, bro. Like that was yeah, because yeah. and you know what it is? It's because it's the backstory. And it all mm-hmm. goes into what we're talking about, storytelling. Like everybody's saying, how many times are we going to see Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa? Dude, I could see that shit forever. All their matches are different. There is so much backstory and so much story being told. Even when they're not in the ring together. Even when they don't have segments together. There's a story being told. And it's now, like, if it's good, why not? Yeah, and now that it's, it's not about like to be... bad matches. Exactly, and now that it's about to go to its end. Like, I, 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 I can't even imagine what they're going to do. If they got a whole building to themselves, all they got to do is fuck each other up. Like, I can't even imagine what's going to go on. And it's just going to yeah, be, like, uh, it's going to be a clusterfuck of goodness, bro. Uh, yeah, I agree. I actually am looking forward to that match. It reminds me a lot of uh, Triple H versus Sean. Oh, yeah, definitely, bro. You know, you go back to those classic feuds. Like, people tend to forget uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock headlined three WrestleManias in a row together. They had yeah. a story that was told through years, and it was told even when they weren't in the ring with each other. You know, like that—that's—that's yeah. that's the beauty about it. When you could, when you see a story, like listen, at the end of at the end of everything, this is entertainment. It's like a TV show. You know what I'm saying? A TV show is gonna have stories. They're gonna have underlying uh, uh, subplots, a main story. You got your main characters, your sub characters, and it's all telling the story all together. And then when people are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like, I don't like that I know the finish," you know what? These niggas gotta stop fucking talking. <laughs> Yo, stop fucking telling everybody everything because if you was on like a a primetime television show and you're giving away endings, you're getting fired. Yeah. And then nobody's gonna want to work with you because he's like, "Yo, why am I gonna give him a character for? This motherfucker will give away the story and then we ain't making no money." 
Exactly, man. You know? But um, I, I want to get back to to you, you as the person. How did this whole idea of Dream Match, how did it come about? Well, it was, um, it was, it was me just trying to figure out, like, because I, I love wrestling, man. And I know, no matter, I see the that. Battles, <laughs> the battles that I've had with, with wrestling eternally, like, I, I really, like, when I tell you that I tried to bury that chapter in my life, I really try to bury professional wrestling. Like, to the point that I, I, I remember at one point, I forgot uh, who I was talking to, but I remember at one point even pretending like I didn't even know that it was WWE. I pretended like, oh, are you talking about WWF? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, deep down inside, i like, yo, why are you playing for, nigga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was that embarrassed about my past with professional wrestling uh that was like around 2007 2008 and man just like once you when you love something you love something and it's true what dmx said a long time ago you love something let it go if it come back if it comes comes back to you is yours exactly so to your point is i i eventually had to like stop playing games with myself and like really <laughs> like i was like everyone stop playing you know you love this shit uh, don't be it. embarrassed about it. Yeah, embrace it. So that's when I started. I started showing up at work with uh, with wrestling shirts. I never really wore wrestling shirts before. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm really like. It felt like I was coming out. For <laughs> 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 real, it, it really felt like I was finally coming out to the. Hey, I, I I love this shit. I I love wrestling. I started wearing the AJ Styles shirts, the Shinsuke shirts. Nice. Bullet Club shirts. Wow, Sauce Cutter's still trying to get me to uh, get rid of some of the Bullet Club shirts because I have so many. Oh, but, I have. Uh, yo, listen, I think I have every one for every member plus like four four crew member shirts. Oh, my God, forget about <laughs> it. I had the camo one. I had the, uh, the you know, the one for each, each member, all of that. Oh, so I feel man. you. So, yeah, to, so to your point, I was like, man, I, I, I truly still love it. And I need to find a way to get back into it. And it's not it's probably not gonna be physically, I'm probably not gonna be a wrestler again. But I still gotta find something that I can legitimately do and be able to um, continue working and doing my and making money, obviously, because I still have to pay bills. Of course. Of and course. I have to find a way to to monetize my passion. And then uh it wasn't until Sauce Killer really, she's like, oh, you should get back into drawing. Because at the time, I was doing more like sculpting and doing these, uh, these like figures. And she's like, you should get back into drawing. And like, she, she got me into drawing on the iPad and drawing on this program called Procreate. So doing the digital art. Okay. And eventually, I was like, yeah, but everyone's doing portrait. I don't want to just do uh, portraits of wrestlers and post them online. Everyone. I know you do that, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> there's nothing wrong no. with that, sis. Yo, <laughs> I see some. Wait, that. hold on, but I seen a whole lot of her stuff, and she has a lot of gems there, especially that uh, the yeah. Shawn Michaels one she did. That's her favorite. That's my favorite. Oh too. my god, that was that was nice. That was nice. I'm dying for her to do Bret Hart. What so you I waiting for? This- I, yeah, <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole queue of things that I want to do, and like sometimes when you're creative, you start like thinking of things that oh, I want to do this, and now I want to do. You know, I know musicians. You know, I did a Tupac back then, and I had done a Dimebag Daryl from Pantera, and I'm like, let me start doing musicians, and then I, I was like with Andy, and then I'm like, okay, let me to do pro wrestlers because I remember back when I was a kid and I used to play these WWE games on the PlayStation Two. <laughs> creativity oozing right now like it's it's insane like that the stuff that i see you guys do like it's awesome have you guys ever worked together on a piece yeah so the first piece that we did um when you know i remember it was like december 2019 
when we were kind of like sitting uh, there watching, yeah, watching TV and Netflix or something. And then Andy was like, you know what? I think I, I've been having an idea of, you know, just like wrestlers and like matches that haven't happened before. And I don't think anybody has done this like legitimately the way that I want to do it. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to put this together. So I've been, you know, pretty much doing graphic work and, you know, I've been doing Procreate, Photoshop, just anything you can think of as a kid. You know, I was 15 years old, fucking around with my, like, you know, bootleg Photoshop. So I was really good in that end. Nice. So Andy was just learning um, how to work Procreate. So he started, uh, you know, drawing one of his. And then once he had the two together, he started trying to put the dream match together on the iPad. And it was looking like shit. (laughs) 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 I was like, you know what? Give it to me. Let me give it a whirl. So um, he sent me the two drawings, the two wrestlers. Or were they? Eddie Guerrero and Naito. Eddie Guerrero and Naito. So he sent me those two, and then I put them together um, on a dream match. You know, put the whole dream match with top wrestling at the bottom. And we started, like, getting ideas and, like, some fight posters, some old-school fight posters. And, you know, what they do modern times, what they do, what they did back there. And then we kind of started throwing around ideas, and that's where the first poster came out. And honestly, to date, that's probably still my favorite one. You're just being biased. No, no. That... <laughs> no, no, that, that one is fire. The Eddie Guerrero and Naito, like... Because you know what it is when a real wrestling fan sees that and then, you know, your your name itself says it all, Dream Match Wrestling. And then you, you yeah. think about it and you're like, wow, this is a dream match. Like, this can only happen one way. and It's in your thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot, a lot of people take that term, that phrase dream match, and they, they kind of mess it up. They kind of brought it too much to where, like, Two people that you know are still are still in physical form. Oh, this is a yeah. dream match. It's not a dream match because it's either gonna happen or it. There's a possibility of it happen. A dream match is it something that can loosely. never happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I. That's why Even I love. We were, we were, we wanted to do some dream matches on like some wrestlers or some like MMA because we've been trying to also get into the whole MMA thing because I'm. Yeah. Honestly, I'm a lot more into the whole MMA. Um, you know, not seen, but just watching it, you know. No more into that sport. Yeah. yeah. And, no, MMA is fire. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> just, you know, especially the women's division that, you know, just coming around. I've been watching it probably for about two, two and a half years, probably around that mm-hmm. time. And just where the women's division was, and, you know, even before that time to what it is right now, and, you know, the contenders, even though Amanda Nunez probably right now has <laughs> no real, real contenders, but, you know, it's just, it's really. It's really evolving, and um, I think what we want to do next is, you know, we're doing a lot with these wrestling, and there's a lot to be had there, but we also do want to go into that MMA um, world for dream matches, and I don't think we've decided yet what we want to name it, because it's obviously not going to be dream match wrestling, (laughs) but um, definitely, you know, and we do want to work with fighters that are also alive, you know, most of them, you know, I don't know, maybe it can't happen because of their weight classes, you know, or their age. age Yo, but see, that's the whole thing. That's the dream. Like, if you could get, Mm -hmm. like, you know, two people within the same weight division, you know, like some somewhere near it, like, let's say, like, uh, uh, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, like, let's say Chuck Liddell versus, um, uh, let's see, uh, Man, we were thinking about doing Shit, Amanda right? Nunez versus Cejudo. That would have been a that. dream match right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, intergender match right there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, him, this guy. championship. Uh, like Chuck Liddell versus John Jones. Yeah, that's actually one that I had in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then you, 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 get into the, you get into the heavyweight division or even go back. Like You could, you could start thinking about like Daniel Cormier versus Ken Shamrock. Yes, that's another one. Uh, or Brock Lesnar versus Ken Shamrock. Exactly. You know, like, uh, like you know, when I Fedor, started... Fedor Malenko. Man, yeah. that, oh that was my, my boy. Right Forget there. about it. Like, when I first started watching MMA, when I first started watching UFC, it was... Yo, dude, it was a fucking mess. Like, they didn't even have weight classes. When I first nope. started... I, I remember I was a kid watching it. I'm like, yo, what is this? I, was like, I thought this was like a second branch of ECW. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> You know, like, it was just, it, it was yeah. a cluster fucking shit, and it, it just 
went into something else and it's it's amazing it's amazing to see right now where they're at yeah man it is it is crazy because man i remember watching pay-per-views when there was really no one in the audience and there was no coronavirus back then so <laughs> there was no excuse to not yeah it was audience. probably there bro <laughs> yeah man it, there was no there was nobody watching it so fast forward today they're selling out stadiums now Mm. You know, and that's crazy to think that, you know, an entire 60,000 plus people in a stadium to watch fights, yeah. two men fighting, you know, yep. or two women fighting, two or two women fighting, you know, uh, and we've done, we've done that in pro wrestling, obviously, we, we've done that level, but it's always been just kind of like WrestleMania. You know, it's, uh, it's always been that one spectacle to be able to draw that oh, yeah, kind of like a kind of like the Super Bowl, and it's like, why Why is that? Why is it that it's got to be a spectacle to draw that many people? Because when you really think about it, and sometimes it, it kind of makes, it kind of fucks with you when you think about it, that maybe 60% of the audience in a WrestleMania are not even into wrestling. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. That, definitely. You, know? you have so many casual fans It's just a thing like to do. Yeah, yeah but... it's, it's just a place to be. Uh, you know, no, just definitely. like the Super Bowl. Definitely, definitely. Look, look, they get they have Super Bowl parties and all this other craziness that be going on for Super Bowl weekend. And WrestleMania is getting to that that area right now. But the thing is, I think why not every event could be like that because I feel like every promotion, whatever it may be, whether what whichever sport it is, they have to have that one event where they bring out all the stars because. If oh, you have, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you have all your events where all your stars is out, then they're not really stars like that anymore. Yeah, you know, you have to have I mean. your attractions, and you have to have your up and coming, and you have to have the guys on their way out. Like it's just is storytelling. Like like we were yeah. like we've been talking about throughout this whole episode right now. This storytelling, yeah. and that but, that I like, think what, just moves everything. Yeah, but like uh, so like what I'm trying to say is draw that many people that will continue being fans. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the 60,000 people that are going to go that, that would watch WrestleMania, obviously not this year, but any other year. <laughs> like, yo, okay, you went, you saw it, you liked it, don't pretend like you didn't like it, go watch it tomorrow, go watch it Monday night, go watch it next week and the following week, now go check out New Japan, now go check out AEW, go check out the indie scenes support the indie wrestlers mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh um, not just not just like you know i'm not stereotyping here but it's just not like oh my god if it's just wrestlemania let's go check it out <laughs> <laughs> it has so much fun i saw that guy versus that guy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, I feel yeah you, bro. continue like yo show show that that much respect show show to the performers to at least if you're gonna go watch them perform you know and uh, you whoever paid for the ticket or whatever you paid for the ticket don't make it oh that's just the place to be on that day make it like hey i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna give them the respect to have them earn me as a fan so i'm gonna watch wrestlemania but then i'm gonna continue trying to watch it just like uh for example sauce took me to go watch radiohead I've never oh, really. Nice. I didn't. I, I don't even think I knew who Radiohead was, to be honest, <laughs> before she mentioned them. But like, okay, I'm gonna go watch him perform. Let me. I'm gonna give the respect not only to Saz Killer but to Radiohead to go and like learn a little bit about them. So I went to Spotify and started checking out some of the songs and listening to some of the albums. And and even after the show, we went to the show, and the days after, I've been jamming to a couple of those songs. As yeah, like you gotta allow not. yourself to become a fan. Exactly, you gotta allow yourself to grow, man. You gotta grow and just see what's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just let, leave yourself to be closed-minded and not not want to see everything around there. You know? Exactly, man. So that's uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like when uh, that many people go, yeah, obviously to one event. But I wish that we can sort of sustain that audience and like more uh, continuity with the with the audience like like keep them coming back like we got to give them a reason to keep coming back 
And I think that's where WWE has kind of fell off a little bit in the past few years. They're not really giving the audience a reason to come back. Okay. Uh, what what's your what's your take on what you see now? Like I know you said like they're not giving an audience a reason to come back, but what's your take on WWE as a whole at the moment? Man, I'm I'm so heartbroken with WWE because we all grew up watching it. Yeah. We all grew up watching it. You know, it's from our childhood, so there's nostalgia there. There's a yeah, it's 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 always been around, man. You know, so. And you remember growing up and being so into it, and when you become a teenager, you're really, really into. I used to be uh, scared to watch the WWE, man. Like I remember. <laughs> what were you scared of? <laughs> I don't know. I remember because I had two older cousins at the time that my mom would leave me at their house. You know, every time she had to go to work, and they were probably I don't know at that point they were like 17, 18 years old, and. I- like 10. I remember like looking at it and watching the WWE and I'm like, oh my god, why are these people hurting themselves? Oh my god. And then like the fucking Undertaker would come out and I thought it was like fucking like a demon or something. And like I legit thought these people were like, yeah, like demonized and I would be scared, like I'd have nightmares, like man, this is real. Like I was so like I I, sometimes I didn't want to watch it because I was like, why don't I understand why these people are hurting you? Like these cats are hurting each other right now. But, oh, um, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. That, that was that was real right there. <laughs> hey, yeah, bro, they over there killing each other. Shoot, that was a shoot. <laughs> that was, that a, was shoot. a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah. No, so, but like I, I don't think the characters resonate with anybody anymore. Even though, like you know, the characters when we were kids, they were more, I guess you could say, like hokey. You know what I'm saying? Like they they were more, you know, character based and and it, everything had like a backstory to it and now just with the realism and pro pro wrestling that the fans want, I feel like that the talent now they can't really they can't really show themselves. They can't really be a character. Cuz like I I yeah. feel like that's that's what's really the problem with the talent at the moment, like there's no character in what they're doing. Like some of them can't oh, yeah. even hold a promo or make a promo sound ill. Like they just sound very robotic. I don't know if it's because they're yeah. they're being fed what they're saying, but that's how I'm that, feeling. I think it's like you know, just going back to the story when I was a kid and like watching these wrestlers and like you like like I, yeah, I may have been like a ten year old, whatever, you know, but. You know, you literally thought these people were these people, and they were just really, like, mean assholes who would just kick each other's asses all the time and hate each other and always talk crap. You you lived that persona, you know, like, macho man, and then, you know, when, like, I remember growing up, like, I'm just a sexy boy, sexy I remember <laughs> that guy, all the time, but, like, maybe if you asked me as a kid, I had no idea who the name of the wrestler was, but I knew his gimmick, I knew his song, I knew <laughs> so, no, 
like all right so <laughs> let, let me let me ask you guys this question because um a couple of weeks ago you know a, a lot a lot of stuff came about with uh mjf from aew and because he there was a there was a video circulating that a kid wanted to take a picture of him, so when the kid went to go take a picture of him he stuck his middle finger out at the kid and yeah. he's known as like that like you know like a preppy prick you know right look listen I understand that wholeheartedly. He's just living the gimmick and making it as real as possible. I would have never let my kid go take a picture with it. I'm like, yo, listen, this guy's not going to take a picture with you. I was like, we're not going to buy his shit. He doesn't care. I was like, don't worry about him. You know, like, I wouldn't even let my son. And if you see the video, the dad is having a smile on his face. He's like, I can't believe this is my son. Like, yeah, like, yo, if but, I was there, like, I, I, I'm gonna go ape shit. Like, I'm gonna try to beat the living shit out of this kid. <laughs> like, yeah, like the dad. You said the dad was all smiles, but probably because the dad knew what to expect going in. Oh, I definitely. think everybody else should just mind their fucking business, yeah, you know, and stop just talking hate shit. Him. Because, yeah, like hate him. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Stick the middle finger to the kid. Oh, he crossed the line. Well, what line? Sticking a little middle finger to a kid who knows who MJF is, therefore he's watched AEW where they say shit, they've said bitch, they've said all different types of curse words. Not only do they say curse words, but they're watching uh, two people as a work try to kill each other, essentially fighting. So you're letting your, you know, it's the kid, basically the dad knew what he was getting himself into and knew what he's getting his kid into. You get, you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So definitely. as a fan, you, you, if you're going to go, and this is what you have to do as a fan in order to let these wrestlers be themselves because these wrestlers uh, don't want to be heels or they want to be the liked heels. They don't want to be real heels because that's what they're scared of. They're scared that no one's going to be at their booth. They're scared that no one's going to buy their merch, that no one's going to ask for their autographs because, uh, because they're real heels. So us as an audience, we have to allow them to be heels. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You have, you have to, if you're going to go get an autograph by MJF, know that he's going to be rude. Know that he's going to probably curse you out or something. And just, that's what you signed up for. If that's what you, if you really want to That's what you gave go, your money for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you gave your money for. I did, I, like, exactly. Like, do I really want to go get my autograph signed by Omega and have him be a dick to me? No, I don't. But... Do I want to go get an autograph by MJF and have him be the nicest guy in the world? No, because that's not who you are. That's not the character that I like. I like the character as an asshole. Yeah, so. people also, you know, that's that that drama is also what gets people, right? So, you know, you said you'd be insulted and so on, but man, that's going to be a memory for your kid, right? Like, man, I remember the kid, my dad got fucking mad at a wrestler, bro, and started cursing him out, blah, blah, blah. Imagine <laughs> that memory as a kid, right? So, like, there is there is a restaurant. So, I was what, on Facebook, and there's, like, a restaurant. I don't know where it's based out of. But the whole gimmick, I don't know what he's saying, whatever. Like, the whole point of that restaurant is that the waitresses are all assholes to you. Get out of like, here, really? Yeah. What, what was yeah. the restaurant called? I don't remember what the name of the restaurant something is, dick. but there was something in, like, and there was a there was a, a table sitting down, and it was just like, you know, people ordering, but like, it's like a pizza place. It's like, but do you have pasta? And then the waitress is like, no, you came to a pizza place. Why in the fuck would we have pasta? And she she would be like talking like that to the customers, and you hear like the the dad giggling and like the grandpa, you know, being a grandpa doesn't get it. So like, you see like the guy saying like, yeah, you know. That's nasty.
who he was and these are all the ways that these people remember him so that's why i think it's important and that's what i think as far as attracting the audience and keeping them to is when they believe you as a persona whether you're the bad guy or the good guy and props to the guys that are the bad guys because that's the harder part to be if you're oh, yeah. the real fake and you're the person that people can legitimately say man this guy i hate him he fucking sucks but he's actually really good that those are the people that you know you really gotta give a pat in the back to yeah, man, that, that, and you got to know when to turn to, like, you know, like, I, I seen, like, you know, people, are, people get into that heel mode where people just hate them, and I, and I, and I go back to New Day, people hated the New Day when they first came out, they embraced that heel in them, they still hated them, but they hated them so much that they ended up loving them, so they had to turn, yeah. they had to turn face, you know, you just got to know how to play the crowd, you got to play the crowd to your, you know, to when your advantage. When they first started... I remember, I forgot who I told, but I was like, oh, what do you think of the New Day? I'm like, they're going to be the biggest faces in the company in a few months. Like, I, I saw it happening. Look at that. Was, was, they they, were, the they were too popular. They were too popular. Man. Yeah. All the things that made them a heel is what made them good faces. The, you know, like, uh, Xavier Woods with the with the trumpet, yep. with the who, with the who, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They use all the same shit, and now they're using it as a face. It's insane, man. It's insane what uh, pro wrestling makes you do, bro. It just, but like I said, it's like a TV show, man. It's it's filled with emotions, and it, it lets you feel every type of emotion going through you at all costs, at all times. Just gotta take it for what it is, and not to get not not get too mad at it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the same thing with uh, Stone Cold. It happened years ago with Stone Cold. Stone Cold never changed who he really was as a character in the in the early '90s. Before, no. prior to the invasion, uh, you know, he uh, he always was the guy who was like, stick it to the man and the middle finger and drink beer and curse people out. And he did the same thing as a face. Doing that as a heel is what turned him into a face that uh, that act of defiance where he wouldn't tap to Bret Hart. And, that, I know, don't give a fuck mentality. Bro. I don't give a fuck mentality. <laughs> it went, you know, is what made him a good bad guy. And that same attitude is what made him a good good guy. It's just, it was the right time. You know, it was the right time. People were ready. Like, I think it was already in, in the time where people weren't no longer shy of saying that they hated their job. They were no longer shy of saying they hated their boss. You know, they were no longer shy about you saying, you know what, we gotta, yeah, we should rebel against some of this shit. That was, that's what Stone Cold was. You mm-hmm. lived your, you lived through Stone Cold. You related to him because who didn't want to fucking stun their boss or hit him across the head with a chair, <laughs> you know? Everybody did. Everybody yeah, did. Yeah, everybody did. So, oh, so yeah, it's like you, you've got to know as a promoter, you've got to know when is the right time. When you got to go with the times and you got to know when to, you know, execute properly, which is what I feel that WWE is failing at right now. I feel that they're not executing at the right time with the right storylines, with the right characters. I think that they're going to way too much with, I don't know if they're going with the flow or they're just like, I think they're just like on panic mode all the time, I feel. Like, I feel like uh, they're quick to change a storyline because of something somebody said on social media yeah. or, you know, oh, we, we're not selling enough tickets for Saudi Arabia. What shall we do? Let's call up one of the old guys and one of our old yeah, stars. Yeah, I mean, I, w- we'll I wish they would way. stop doing that, but uh, it's just like, going, even going back, you know, to, to wrestling back in the day, you've always had, like, the old school nigga, the OG as the champ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And then they will bring over the new generation and shit. And I feel like every time they, you know, they try to make waves into, like, bringing in the new... The new crop of people, they just they kind of take like fifteen steps back instead of taking them fifteen steps forward. Yeah, it's like uh, like you said back in the day, they would bring the old veterans back. But what did they do? With the old veterans always push the younger talent. They they put them over. They made them look good. Now I feel like they're bringing back the old guys to sell tickets, and then the old guys continue going over. But, Rather than putting over the, the the talent, you know what I mean. And then the people will people will argue, hey, they, they need to make money, or they, it's what's drawing people. Yeah, it's what's drawing people. But what does that say about your company? 
when you have to bring back a star, a 20-year-old star, a star from 20 years ago, you got to bring them now because that's the most, that's your biggest star power is someone from 20 years ago. What have you been doing the last 20 years? What stars have you been building for the past 20 years? Yeah, but then it's like, gotta... it's like also the stars that they have now, right? The new, the new guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very, very skilled in the ring. Can't take none yes. of that away from them. But do they have the character? Like I was saying before, that's another thing is character mm-hmm. development. You know, and yeah. I feel like sometimes at this time right now, maybe they should start listening to their talent and seeing what they want to do with their character and see if that. And works. that's what Paul. That's what Paul Heyman used to do in ECW. Yeah, and I feel like and he's he doing a little bit of that now with Raw. Yeah, yeah, but it's gonna take some time, and I don't know at what point they're gonna finally let their their stars like talk on the mic legit what they what they want to say. I don't know how how much of it is still being scripted. I, I, I when I watch it, I feel like everything is scripted. Yeah, you know, nothing is organic and nothing, uh, you know, obviously nothing is real. What they're saying, which is, una lastima, because mm-hmm. like that's yeah, when definitely. you really let the person come out. It's like when you they're in that moment and they're not scared of. Because okay, there's one thing about having a script, but then there's another thing about telling your talent do not get off script. You, if you get off script, this is a warning. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to get in trouble if you don't follow the script. And then that's in their mind. Oh, I, I better remember every word. If not, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, if you have a script, but you forget it halfway, you have the opportunity to improvise, then good. You improvise. Like, give them that opportunity to improvise. Give them the guidelines to what they need to say, but then let them be give their own twist and be themselves. And that's like what I appreciate from ECW. So when people say, oh, sorry, when people say, oh, you know, a lot of these wrestlers have the talent in ring, but they don't have the personality. I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also put that a lot on the booker, on the promoter. Because when you look at ECW, they weren't all gems, but you were invested in every single character in that show. Yeah. Every, every single character kind of kind of vibed out with a certain crowd of people. Yeah, each character, and, and they all kind of had a storyline going on. And exactly. the same thing with the attitude area, attitude era. There wasn't anyone really floating around. I feel like everyone actually had a storyline going on. Yeah, so you there was always invested. there was something going on from the top to the bottom of the roster. There was something going on. Exactly. So when you put that on TV and you have a two-hour show, you have the crowd or you have the audience invested in those entire two hours, not just oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait till the main event and watch that. You know what I mean? No, definitely, definitely, bro. I, I, I wholeheartedly understand that. Yo, guys, truly appreciate you guys getting on this. Um, th- this was amazing. Like, you know, I got to at least know you guys a little more about your artwork and you know your love for professional. I didn't even know you was a fighter, bro. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this is all brand new to me, and you know, I've been, I've been uh conversating with you for like. What a couple of months already? Like three, four, not even about like five, six months already, bro. Yeah, like well, I think like since November, guys. Yeah, that's when I did the uh, Brian Pillman. Yeah, so it's like you know now I'm I'm getting to all getting to see a whole different side of you, which is which is really great. It's dope. It's dope, bro. Man, but, we gotta come out to New York, man. We we gotta hang out. Yo, likewise, bro. If me <laughs> and wifey get out there to Miami, we're gonna chill as well, man. Don't even worry about that. You know what I'm saying? For so, sure, uh, man. Yo, uh, plug both of your you know, bo- both of your socials, you know, social dis- distancing, right? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies first, so I'm going to go ahead and let Sasuke. Oh, uh, such a gentleman. Ahead. Such a gentleman. Hey, leave him, my amor. What do you need to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. To plug your, your social media where people can get a hold of you. Where... Sauce.killer is my Instagram handle and I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, I do portraits, uh, digital portraits of all sorts of things that on a whim I decide that we have to do. So <laughs> that is uh, my page, Sauce.Killa. And if for anybody wondering, Sauce Killa just came out of my love for sauces that I just <laughs> love all sorts of sauces, honey mustard, honey, like sweet barbecue sauce. <laughs> that's, that's where it came out of. There's really nothing deeper than that. So, oh, sauce man. go ahead and follow me. Sauce face killer. Sauce 
Dot killer. <laughs> no, sauce sauce dot killer. Dot killer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do you get it? You didn't get it. You didn't no. get what he was saying. Oh. Was Ghostface killer. <laughs> She's I like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having us, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Yo, uh, well, you you want to put me, yours in there too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, uh, Instagram, you can... You can get both of our arts uh, on Instagram at Dream Match Wrestling. That's it. <laughs> at Dream Match Wrestling on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I don't use it that much, but it's uh, official DMW. Nice. And then check out our website, uh, shop. Not .com, .shop. All right, all right. And I'm telling you, these guys... Oh, man. I can't even say these guys because this couple right here, they <laughs> have tremendous artwork and you guys need to follow. You guys need to look at that and need to support. Thank, thank you, for, man. Yo, thank you. thank you for everything. Thank you for being on the show. And we'll keep on talking because we got more fire coming. Yeah, we need like another a part two to this because I, I feel like we didn't even get that much out. No, we didn't get We've that much out, but we're going hour. over an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, man, definitely, sorry, definitely. Yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna do part two, and hopefully that's a like you know a face to face encounter. That'd be dope if we all in the studio together. That'd be that'd be really dope. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate it. No, definitely, man. Uh, stay safe, stay Corona free. Corona mania is running wild out here. Black and, Corona uh, virus. Yeah, you already know, man. Take care of yourself, guys. Uh, you too, man. Thank you. Uh, peace. <laughs> peace. Yes, and that was Dream Match Wrestling. Him and his wife, Sauce Dot Killer, are putting out tremendous, tremendous artwork there for the wrestling community. They do a whole bunch of different other pieces, too. You come to them with an idea, they'll make it come to life. That's exactly what they did for the Pillman t-shirt that we got out right now, bigcartel.com, 20 by 20 podcastshop.bigcartel.com. If you need to get yourself one, we are limited, limited on the gray and the black coloring of the shirt. But if we got your size, go get yourself one. And this is Nathan McFly, and this was Conversation Fridays. Hope you enjoyed. Peace.